You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. And a very good evening, David Wildey and Richard Douglas, Sports Day SA. Malcolm Blight back next week. A hot topic for moving house, use a team that's easy and affordable a budget car and truck rental, 13, 27, 27. Get on the road faster, 13, 27, 27. Richard Douglas, how are you? David, good. Good to be here again. How's you, your, your bit of golf today? How's yeah, you good Good front nine, poor back nine. If, oh. I get, if I get in the bunk, I dig the whole sand out like about seven or eight shots later. So I uh, won't talk about golf, okay. but um, you see the All-Australian? Did you see any of that last night on uh, Fox Sports? Yeah, I had or? a bit of a look over it. Uh, yeah, it's a tough... Uh, <laughs> Tough team to pick, but I think they've done a pretty good job, all in all. Um, great to see Connor Rosie in. South Australian boy, really, after round five, such a fantastic year. And I think he came fifth in the uh, voting coaches award. The coaches, and he'll, he'll feature very heavily in the Brownlow. He'll come really hard late. So Hasn't polled many votes previous, but I reckon you notice him this year, don't you, in the midfield? And everyone's been talking about him for the last two months, but he may even do better next year when they know who... Really yeah. who Connor Rosie is? I think late in the season, once uh, people have taken note of his impact, he'll get some uh, – you know, when he polls, I think he'll get best on ground. So. Well, he stands out in the port side, doesn't he? Yeah. If, you've got a, if you've got a Wines there or a Butters, um, um, Robbie Gray doesn't get votes anymore. So he's the one that he's the you'd one. look to. Uh, and granted, won't poll in the first five rounds, you wouldn't have thought. But after that, he'll get going a little bit and he could come late. But I think it might be a little bit uh, – too late for him, but certainly one to watch in the years to come with the Brownlow. The other one was fantastic and a former teammate of mine, Tyson Stengel, fantastic story. And credit must go to the Woodville West Torrance Footy Club for firstly, you know, having him back in their system and the support that the boys and Jay Shetty would have given to him. Just Plays in a premiership. Played in a premiership, just steadied the ship for him in his personal life and then obviously gets picked up and then goes over to Geelong and, and you know what a fantastic club and culture they've got there and obviously having Eddie Betts there to support him too is... How would you describe Ty- Tyson Stengel? Is he, um, he looks to be a very shy boy when you look at him. He, he looked like a, a rabbit in the headlights last night and he fantastic. I mean, to get an All-Australian, go over there and do what he's done, uh, third club, yeah, remarkable. But how would you describe Tyson Stengel? Yeah, obviously, yeah, very shy young boy, but... Um, Obviously had a lot of ability, but I think when he was at the Crows, he lived in Eddie's shadow. You know, obviously uh, Eddie was such a champion, and he mentored was mentored by Eddie. Lived with him. Um, so once I think um, he got stepped out of that shadow, he just blossomed, hasn't he? And um, and he's in a really strong now. club. I mean, Geelong are strong. They don't, they don't tolerate any rubbish. I mean, even Steve Johnson when he got off the bandwagon, they just 
put him in the reserves for six or eight weeks. I mean, you, you toe the line there. Yeah. They got, and they keep their players and, like, he's found a, a terrific I, club. I think he knows that too. This is his last chance as a footballer, so he has to do everything right. And he is to his credit. But, you know, when you've got Hawkins and Cameron up forward, you know where the ball's going <laughs> and they compete. They don't get outmarked. So if they don't mark it, it's obviously coming to ground and that's where he does his best work. So um, a lot of things have worked in his favour, but... He's done all the hard work, so credit must go to Tyson. So I had four I really liked. Uh, I think they're all first-timers. Tyson's one, uh, so we've t- spoken about him. Shy Bolton, uh, talking about uh, Shy Bolton, he was shy too on the couch. Um, they interviewed two of each line, like the forwards, the backs, uh, midfield, and I think he's as good as anyone going around. Just for sheer talent, sheer skill, you can't lay a glove on him. He kicks goals. He takes spectacular marks. He's uh, a smaller version of, of Dusty Martin. The other one for me... And and Rosie obviously is a is a great get too for Connor. Mark Blixarves, I reckon, mm. is as valuable player uh, to Geelong as any of the other guys because he can play in five positions, very rarely beaten. And I, I think we spoke about him last night. We'd have him on the bench, Mister Utility. Mm. Um, but what a player he's been! Oh, and great story, isn't it? From where he's coming, he's just. An athlete, I think he's a hurdler, 400 metres or 800. And he's a big boy too, isn't he? Big, like, yeah, on the... big complainer. He's played ruck, he's played forward at mid-back, you name it. Um, he's that sort of player you'd love in your team if you're a coach, when you could just fill holes with him. Uh, he's honest, competitive, gets it done each week. and um, He's been a fantastic player for a number of years now and rewarded, rightfully so, with a with a green jacket. What do you uh, make of um, Hawkins' captain? He come up and said, gee, I've never captained anyone. <laughs> never been captain. I thought it might have been Max Gorm being the – the premiership captain, and everyone loves Big Macs. But, uh, I mean, Hawkins, what a player he's been too. Yeah, I think it's the logical one was obviously uh, Hawk, uh, Gorn or, or probably Cripps, but I think it's probably a reward for, I think it's his seventh All-Australian, am I <laughs> right in saying that, and he's a very senior player in that team. So I think it's a bit of reward and acknowledgement um, for such an outstanding year and career. But um, if you're picking a captain for that side, I would have thought it would be Max Gorn. Yeah, uh, just a bit of news too before I go to John, eight double two three double double if you want to have your say, but a uh, bit of movement at North Melbourne. Todd Viney's come in, no, no sort of real surprise. We knew he was coming somewhere. I think it's, was it GM of football they've made Todd? Yeah. Uh, Daniel McPherson's gone, Heath Uni gone, and Anthony Rocker gone. Yeah. So some big changes there. Yeah, it was always going to happen, but... This won't get as much publicity clearly as Clarkson signing, but this for me is just as big. So when you get Clarko, Todd's worked with uh, him before, really understand each other well. He's gonna, Todd's going to have a massive influence on the footy club and the direction it goes. The job that needs to be done at North Melbourne cannot be done by Alistair Clarkson. He needs support and he's got Todd Viney, a guy that he trusts and respects and, and knows footy clubs inside out. So that equally with Clarko is huge for the North Melbourne footy club. Mm. Hello, Johnny. How are you, mate? Hello, Dave. Very good, thanks, Richard. Daddy. Hello, John. Oh, listen, boys. Yeah. Um, congratulations, Connor Rosie. Uh, tell you a little story about him. You know he's from Forty Ash and all the rest of that, don't Yeah. I'm yep. feeling old. I played, I played cricket and umpired, umpired football with his old man. He got a Nogs Rob, who played a handful of games for South Adelaide in the early eighties under Hayden Martin Junior. Uh, young Connor's obviously the better, the better footballer, but Nogs Rob. Every time we played, he got a hundred. I'm not kidding. He was, <laughs> he was a gun cricket, a gun con, a good cricketer, all the rest of it. But uh, no, congratulations! It's good. It's Portiash's first ever. I know he's a North boy, Will, so I'm not forgetting that. Yeah. But um, it's Portiash's first ever All Australian, so it's a pretty proud day up here in Portiash today. But um, 
on Saturday with the cricket coming up later on in the summer, they're coming out here this summer. I think they're going to take some tossing, to be honest. I've got them, got them on in the background now with the sound down. I watched a bit of the first test. They have got a great battery of fast bowlers. So yep. the batting's a bit thin. The batting's a bit thin. But their bowlers are very good. Yeah, Rabat and Agidi and uh, how do you say the other lad? Norch, N-O-R-T-J-E. Yeah, he's good too. Thanks, fellas. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah, South Africa, but they don't come here too often, but I'll certainly be looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Just Connie. on Connor Rosie, we know he's a very good cricketer because I don't know if you remember that uh, charity match. Uh, the T20 down the here. T20, that yeah. catch he took and the way he held a stick was <laughs> pretty impressive. So yeah. he's got some uh, all-round ability. He has um, Richard Douglas uh, filling in for Malcolm Blight. Doug, I wanted to ask you about, to the, the pressures of the modern-day AFL footballer because it, it – you know, when we played back in the 80s and, and early 90s, it was we were working five days a week, come and meet your mates. You train twice. We train hard, do um, summer summer training as well, and the footy was pretty good. But being full-time and being your profession, and we looked at you, uh, Malcolm Blight would know exactly your stats. You're probably about 1% of all players to have played close to 250 games. But you're one of the lucky ones, well, not lucky you've put in, but to have a career out of that. But you would have seen kids too when the – on the borderline, on the fringe for selection all the time. It must be tough. I mean, you can only put 22 into a team. You've got 44 on your list. And I mean, what are the pressures like? Tell us from a, a modern-day perspective. Well, it's uh, enormous pressures. Obviously, uh, the most pressure probably that is out there you put on yourself. So you, when you get drafted, you've got an expectation that you obviously want to play one game of footy. And then when you get that, if you're lucky enough to get that first game, you want to you know play more, play more and more. And you, you want to hang around for 10 years and – really make a, a name for yourself. But a lot of footballers, unfortunately, come into the system and they think that their work's done, they've already made it. So they get a really rude shock and an awakening, awakening to realise that, hang on a minute, I've got a bit of work to do. I've got to get in the gym, I've got to get stronger, I've got to get fitter, I've got to get faster. Um, so that can take a bit of time and sometimes that penny doesn't drop with a lot of young players and they find themselves out of the system within two years, which uh, you know can be really challenging because their friends have probably gone to uni almost finishing a, a bachelor degree or an apprenticeship. Um, so they're starting to get their life and their working life in order, yet some kids exit the system at 21 and their dreams are shattered and then they've got to pick up the pieces. So that becomes a challenge. But if you're lucky enough to, to hang around and, and forge a career for yourself, for myself, benefits. yeah, the benefits are really good. Obviously, you're going to earn some good money and be able to set yourself and your family up financially. If, if uh, you can you know, stick it out for 10, 12 years, and that's, as you said, a very small percentage, but... For me, that uh, anxiety around performance and selection never went away, and I think that's a really good thing, but it's a very stressful thing um, that keeps you on the edge. Uh, there's very few players that have got team security um, and they're a walk-up start. You've probably got a handful of players in each side, but you're only ever one or two bad games away from, from being dropped. So that performance anxiety for me was really something that drove me, but it, towards the back end of my career, it certainly become really draining and something I did wrestle with um, so, yeah, it's obviously a game you grow up love, you're loving and you're, you're passionate and it's your dream. But as soon as you get paid for something, it takes a little bit of that shine off it. Um, so you as think, luck as we, we have been. Would you play 12 years? 14 years. 14 yeah. years. So a Richard Douglas in his first three or four and playing regular football to R Richard Douglas in the last four, the, um, is it far more enjoyment when you're a kid? You think, oh, wow, we're in the bright lights here. 
Whereas yeah. at the back end, you are providing for your family. You want to keep playing. You want to keep performing. You want team success. But it's a different type of uh, joy, if you like. Yeah, I think so. That, your journey certainly changes. And the best part is from the most enjoyable part of the footy for my career was between 18 and 23 because that's the majority of the squad is around that age. So you've got a lot in common. Growing up, with, growing them. up with each other. You're having fun. You're having banter. You're going out in like, midweek, having a hit of golf, and you're mucking around, and you're you're just young and you're excited by the whole journey. And, and then you sort of become a senior player and a few of your closer friends get delisted and they, and they fall away. And then you've got this ownership and um, you might be lucky enough to go in the leadership group and you've got to start driving the team and the, the club going forward and a lot of responsibility falls back on you. So um, that can be draining. Certainly when you go through some challenges that, that we certainly had along the way, um, the uh, the mental strain and... and that becomes real. Um, living in Adelaide too is it's really um, intense. Uh, which blow is, torch on you. Blow torch is on, which is a good thing because you get a lot of support. But also, when times are tough, it becomes a challenge. But yeah, you're right. at the back end of your career. You sort of know that you, you know, your time is um, limited. Coming closer, but you also know you've you've forged a career. So whatever yes. happens, you've you've done that. Haven't yeah, you? but I think you're never satisfied. You <laughs> you always want more. Um, and when you haven't got that ultimate success, you, you're driven by that. But you're also asked uh, to mentor and, and bring, on, bring on the young players to make them better and help the team going forward. But you also know at some stage they're going to go past you and take your spot. So it's an interesting thing. But that's just the, the cycle of, a, of an athlete, a footballer, and, and what it takes in a footy club to build that culture. Might come back after the break, ask you about the difference between Sandville and the, the big leap to AFL. Lumo SA, powering local footy and fans in South Australia, switch to Lumo today. And Australia's most wanted, the Kia EV6 and Kia Sportage, car of the year. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, cars of the year. And Lumo, Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day SA for weeks. Discover different weeks' homes and tyre power think safety this August. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Hey, still to come, Wallabies Tate McDermott, just a young 23-year-old, a scrum half, a good player, and Hannah Dunn. Uh, Port Adelaide AFLW. Just before we quickly look at our, our best midfielders, Dougie, the difference between Sandful and AFL, how, how big is it? Because we see a lot of people dominate the Sandful and really struggle at the next level up. Yeah, oh, it's hard to know exactly. Obviously, it's a step up, big step up in pace, uh, strength, power, obviously uh, bigger grounds as well. Uh, but I'd say, you know, you, you got there's three or four players that generally from each sample club that I think would be able to take the step to AFL footy comfortably. But we see when players do drop back from AFL level, they tend to dominate the sample. So that sort of gives you yeah. a bit of a guide of where the, where the level sort of falls. But certainly a really strong competition and plenty of talent in there if clubs are looking. Yeah. Try picking your best five oh. midfielders and, and we'll give you another five unlucky ones. Gee, it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Who have you gone for if you had to pick five out? A lot of all Australians last night and a few unlucky ones as well. Yeah, top five. Uh, really tough to split uh, these top four. I've gone with Bont number one. I just think uh, he can do it all, as can these other blokes. But Cripps to two, Petrarca at three, Oliver four, Andrew Brayshaw at five. Wow. So, have we missed uh, Lockie Neal, uh, Miller? Yeah. So I've 
Rosie Laird. <laughs> I've actually gone down to 10. So I've gone Neil at six, Took Miller at seven, uh, Connor Rosie I'll put in at eight, uh, Isaac Heaney at nine, and Chad Warner at uh, Sydney. I love what he's doing at 10. So, gee, you'd love any one of those players in your side. Yeah, Bonapelli didn't make the All Australian. I've got him number two, and I just love the way Clayton Oliver goes about it. Um, so he's so good in close. He, he gets a handball out whether he's tackled or not. So I've got him one. Uh, Bontempelli, two. Cripps, three. Had a great year this year. Miller, they reckon, can win the, the Brownlow just on once again. He'll stand out um, like a beacon at the Gold Coast Suns. Also won the uh, Coaches Award with Oliver. Got Petrarca, five. Brayshaw, six. Neil, seven, even though Lockie could win his second. Uh, Lady McRae. <laughs> he, no, Ollie Wines, who won... Won the Brownlow last mm. year, but hasn't quite had the year this year, has he? No, he hasn't, uh, which he'd be disappointed with. But I've probably gone for more impact. I look at uh, real influence, and I've sort of thought about kicks goals. I've thought about the finals and who would I, I would you know want in my side come finals. Clearly, you want them all, but uh, that's why I'd bond. I think just in big, big games, and they all stand up. But what about Petrarca's game in the grand final last year? Oh, was gee. it 40, 40 yeah, positions, yeah, three that goals? Was pretty special. So. Um, gee whiz, you'd just love any one of those players in your, in your side, wouldn't you? And do you no, know, do you know, like enough to have two, Dougie, their strength, how big they are. Like Bonapelli just crashes through packs, so does Cripps. You can't, you've got two blokes hanging off him trying to tackle him. Well, Bont, Cripps, Petrarca, and Oliver, they're all 6'3 plus, and they're probably 90, 95 kilos. So, and Brayshaw's not small either. Brayshaw, yeah, he's probably slighter than those guys, but he's got a bit of height. Um, but that's the modern day midfielder, isn't it? Thankfully, yeah, that's, what finished, so. that's what the Crows. That's what the Crows. I'd love that. They really do need that. So there you go. Try and picking your best five midfielders is impossible, and it's very, very subjective. Now, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you out. Head to head to and you can win a twenty five thousand dollars advertising package to promote and grow your business. That's still a big show to come. But the Wallabies, Tate McDermott, to have a listen to Tate and Hannah Dunn. We're talking Port Adelaide AFLW. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. David Wildey and Richard Douglas are weeks, discover, weeks homes discover different, and also Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. They've been that for 21 years in a row. Well, Rugby Union comes to Adelaide this week. Can't wait. Adelaide Oval, beautiful Adelaide Oval. Get a packed house there. And Australia, the Wallabies are playing South Africa, the Springboks. And one of the young stars joins us now, Tate McDermott. And uh, Tate, uh, looking forward to coming to Adelaide. Welcome. Good night, mate. Thanks for having me. Have you been to, uh, you played in Adelaide before at all? We don't get too much rugby union here. No, no, I've actually never been to Adelaide myself, um, let alone played there. So I'm really excited. Um, obviously, the, the cricket ground there is a, a historic and a famous venue for all Australian sports. So to be a part of uh, the action in the, in the centre field there, it's going to be a pretty memorable and pretty special night. Oh, mate, you'll love it. Uh, you will love it, and the fans will come out and support you, no doubt. Um, Argentina, the, the latest loss, that would have been a, probably a bit of a surprise, a real ball over there. Not not maybe the fact they beat you, but by the margin, uh, 48 to 17. What was the fallout there, Tate? Yeah, um, obviously a pretty frustrating end to uh, what started as such a promising tour for us. Um, Argentina are, are, are a really good side, to be fair, and um, you know we probably took them a bit lightly there. Um, 
in that last fixture. And, and to their credit, they, they outplayed us uh, and, and we got quite a hiding. So um, a lot's been taken away from that game. Um, but we've also got to move on pretty quickly as we've got the uh, the world champs coming um, to Adelaide and, and it's going to be a massive game for us. So we've really got to make sure we front up in the four pack first and then um, when the backs do get a hold of the ball, um, it's about playing in the right end of the field because if uh, if not, we, we could find ourselves um, at the tail end of the, at the goalpost a few more times. How are you going with personnel? We've got a couple to come back in, a couple of good players to come back into the team. Yeah, some massive ins for us. Um, you know, guys like Andrew Kellaway, Alan Alatoa, um, Falau Fanger, those type of guys that have been around uh, the Wallabies' core for, for quite a while. So um, to have the experience, but also the, the firepower back for such a big game is going to be crucial for us. Now, tell us about yourself and uh, for our Adelaide listeners. Um, scrum half, that's your position. What's your main role there? T- describe the scrum half. Yeah, um, I guess for, for me it's it's pretty similar to uh, a dummy half in rugby league. Um, yeah, I guess a bit of a ruck rover in AFL. But uh, for me, it's just that I'd, I'd just put in the ball into the scrum, um, you know, defending behind the main line um, just because we're usually quite small. So uh, I'm, I'm the guy with the mullet if, if you see me on the weekend. Yeah, you're the only, I mean, you only ran 80 kilo. It's remarkable when you see some of those big boys and, and they can hit. So I suppose you've got a bit of the pace and a bit more agility than the big fellas. Yeah, that's the thing, mate. I'll, I'll never be able to, um, you know, to pick them up and, and drive them backwards, but I'll be able to trip them over with my body. So it's all about <laughs> ducking and weaving and, um, you know, I guess running away from them. And, and, and like you said, a bit of agility there as well. Tate McDermott, our guest. Um, mate, Cap- Captain of the Queens and Reds, that's an amazing feat at 23, um, feather in your cap. Uh, did you enjoy that? I mean, you've got you know some good players on the side too, some good old experienced players. How did you enjoy being the captain? Yeah, mate, it's been, a, it's been an interesting year, actually. Um, you know, started as co-captain and un- unfortunately uh, the guy I was co-captaining with, Liam Wright, um, was injured for the majority of the year, so... Uh, for me, it was a it was a massive learning curve, um, you know, to take uh, control of a side, and, and we did really well against the Australian sides. But when um, we came up against the Kiwis, uh, we we kind of um, you know let ourselves down a little bit there. But no, mate, I'm, I've taken a lot out of it. Um, you know, I think it's helped me with my rugby at a test level um, in terms of game management, game organisation, all that kind of stuff. And um, you know, I'm taking my learnings and, and put it into practice here. You're just a young fella, so you really did enjoy it, really loved the experience. Yeah, yeah, mate. It's a, it's a massive honour to captain your state. Um, and, yeah, I, mate, I'm, it's, it makes it pretty easy having some of those guys uh, around me, um, guys like James O'Connor, um, Liam Wright, even uh, so Zivon Ivalu as well. Um, they're just, uh, you know, learnings from his Melbourne Storm experience and, um, you know, it's, it's it's been really cool to have those players and, and to be in charge of those players as well. The beauty about your game is it's worldwide. You can play everywhere and, and look at all the countries. I can't believe um, Ireland are number one, but once again, we don't follow it that closely. But to play in the Bledisloe Cup, Eden Park, get a packed house there um, against the All Blacks. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean that's that's the strength of rugby union. Um, whilst uh, we've we've fallen down the pecking order a little bit in Australia, it's uh, 
it's massive overseas. Um, like you said, playing at Eden Park, there, there's nothing quite like it. Um, you know, the spiritual home of, of rugby. You get to, you know, face the hucker in front, in front of screaming, uh, you know, 60,000 fans at Eden Park. It's, it's, it's incredible. And, um, you know, like you said there before, Ireland, um, not only them, but France, um, you know, South Africa, England. Uh, there's, there's so many countries leading into a World Cup year next year that, that can win it, and, and that's the beauty of our sport. It's uh, it's global, and uh, you know it's competitive, and um, there'll be a massive game this weekend. We've always thought of the All Blacks, Springboks. They've been good. Australia have won a couple of World Cups too. Um, I mentioned Ireland number one. They must have made some uh, dramatic headway. That's that's fantastic feather in their cap, isn't it? To be number one. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 massive for them. Um, you know, they they're always pretty good leading into a World Cup, but. Uh, but this year, they've, they've been phenomenal. Uh, not too many sides go to New Zealand uh, in a three-game series and beat them 2-1. Um, and they also cleaned them up at the back end of last year as well. So, um, mate, they're, they're going to be good. Um, but our focus is, is purely on South Africa. Yeah, and you're, you're such a young guy, um, and you've got a lot of years ahead of you. What would you consider um, Tate McDermott's biggest highlight to date, if you had to pick something, one moment in your young career. Yeah, I've, I've been pretty fortunate to have a couple of big moments. Um, you know, obviously, you, you never forget your debuts for, for your state and your country. But um, I guess the highlight for me has been uh, winning Super Rugby AU with the Queensland Reds. Um, yep. In front of forty thousand people in Queensland, it was it was a pretty special night. Um, we beat we beat the Canberra based side, the Brumbies. So, um, in terms of highlights, um, man, I can't go past that. That was that was an incredible night and and something that our code um, really needed in Queensland. I think we're really looking forward to seeing the Springboks too. To, I mean, two quality sides. What would you say is their biggest strength? Something you have to watch out for. Yeah, their biggest strength is is their forward pack. Um, you know, they've got they've got massive monster humans, um, and they're really good at what they do. They, they play a a very different brand of footy from a lot of other countries. Um, you know, they they they're all about their defence, so they'll be willing to kick you a lot of footy. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's all about when you're playing them. It's all about playing in the right ends of the field. We've got a pretty good track record against them um, over the past couple of years. Um, it's been a tough place for them to come over and play, and um, we'll be looking to keep that record intact. But but it's going to be it's going to be a massive challenge, um, you know, given the team that that they've put on paper and um, the team that will rock up at uh, in uh, in Adelaide on the weekend. Tate McDermott, our guest. Tell us about Michael Hooper. Over 120 caps. He's still in 29. I mean, it's a remarkable record. Ten years plus playing for Australia and the Wallabies. Um, just uh, what an inspiration has Michael been for you? Yeah, he's been he's been enormous. Um, not only for me, but for every kind of um, you know kid or even any rugby player in Australia coming through and, and getting this opportunity in the Wallabies level. And um, he's by far um, you know head and shoulders the best captain I've ever experienced in my playing career, which hasn't spanned for that long. But he's been incredible. Um, just yeah. How consistent he's been, um, you know, for his age to have that many caps. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's my, I'll take my hat off to him. And, and um, you know, he, he's been sorely missed for us, but 
um, he's been a tremendous uh, servant so for for rugby in Australia for, for so long. Um, and yeah, mate, as as a as a young captain myself, you know, he's, he's helped me out a lot um, with with kind of you know the, the troubles he's experienced, but also um, you know what works for him and, and stuff like that. So it's it's been an awesome kind of soundboard for me to to have Michael in my corner and. Um, you know, we're hoping that he's back out on the field shortly. Yeah, no, it's a remarkable given how physical the game is to do what he's done. And you played a bit of sevens as well. Yeah, yeah, straight out of school, um, went into the sevens program. I was pretty fortunate. There was a couple of injuries, so um, the guy Andy Friend, the coach at the time, tapped me on the shoulder, um, and uh, I played four tournaments, and then ended up back at the Reds. So. Um, I love my time there. It's, it's a very different game to to the fifteen aside, but it's uh, you know it's a very enjoyable one as well. Yeah, we're massive AFL as you know, like Victoria, Western Australia, South Australia. Do you follow that game at all? I love watching Rugby Union World Cup and the, and the big games, the Test matches, and that. But what about yourself? Do you do you like a bit of AFL? Um. Oh, to be honest, I was a I was a pretty big Lions fan back in the day. Um, <laughs> uh, guys, when uh, you know Akin Madison, they were running around, but but I'm still pretty young um, and and haven't really experienced too much success with the Lions, unfortunately. But uh, I guess being growing up in Queensland, uh, the Lions are definitely your number one side. But but rugby league's massive up here, so I, I watch a lot of rugby league and. Every now and then, um, you know, I'll chuck the AFL on for the grand final or the, or the finals. But, um, you know, I know, I know all about the AFL. Not 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 so much the players, but definitely the teams and, and the structure of, and also the rules. Played a little bit of it as a kid, but um, I, I can't say that I, I'm a massive fan. Um, I, I like the game, but I, I don't watch a hell of a lot of it, to be honest. Now, I do hear you like a bit of golf. You play with your mates. You're improving there. What, what's the old handicap in golf? Uh, oh, mate, I, I was a massive social golfer, um, and then a couple of the boys I'd play Ambrose with left to Japan, so uh, <laughs> I haven't picked up the golf clubs in a while. And um, you know, if they come back, then I'll then I'll pick it up again. I think. Well, it's a great story, Tate. Look, welcome to Adelaide this week. We can't wait to see the, the Wallabies come here against the Springboks. Uh, we'll look forward to your career too. Um, to do what you've done at such a young age is remarkable, and uh, keep up the good work. And, and thanks for the chat, Tate. Really enjoyed it. Uh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, really, really excited to to play in Adelaide and, and enjoy the city for the first time. Thanks. Thanks again. Tate McDermott, there, scrum half that game Saturday afternoon. Aussies versus the Springboks. Gee, we're seeing some uh, good rugby union there. He's only twenty three, Tate, when you and only weighs eighty two kilo. Plays on that outside, but uh, very, very important position. For expert car service, book online at repcoservice.com. And tyre power. Our think safety this August. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Our guest there, Tate McDermott. Sports Day for Kias, EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day SA. Richard Douglas and David Wildey for Adelaide Auto 4x4. Get 15% off your first purchase until September 30. Adelaide Auto 4x4, 15% off your first purchase. Well, Richard, when you played for Adelaide, you pretty well stayed here for a long, long while in the one spot. And next guest is much travelled. Um, started uh, started in um, Canberra. She's played for Norwood here. 
gone to the Giants, up to the Gold Coast, captained uh, them, and back here in South Australia with the inaugural Port Adelaide AFLW. Her name's Hannah Dunn, and she joined us now. Hannah, thanks for your time, and you've moved around a bit, haven't you? Yeah, well, travelled, like you said. Um, yeah, grew up in Canberra and then was here for uh, about six months, three years ago, playing for Nord, and then up to the Gold Coast now, back in Adelaide. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Isn't it exciting now? We, we've seen the men get traded and drafted and you can move all around the country now with all the women's teams exactly happening. There's a lot of movement around and, and you're just one of them. So welcome to Adelaide once again. Thank you. It's good to be back. And you've obviously, as David mentioned, spent some time obviously at GWS and the Gold Coast, obviously Port a new franchise. How do you compare... Uh, what you've been able to achieve or what you've experienced at Port in such a short time compared to what you have in at other clubs being the Gold Coast and, and GWS? Um, I mean, I probably can't comment too much on GWS um, as I was just a train-on player there um, and was just lucky enough in the first year in round one to um, get a game, get the call-up. Um, they had a fair few injuries that year. So, yeah, got the call-up for that game and then... That was it. All Everyone started coming back from injury. So I was just kind of like a top-up player there. So I never actually got the full AFLW experience at the Giants. And I was never living in Sydney either. I was just travelling up for training sort of once a week. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Gold Coast, obviously quite different to um, Adelaide being a footy state. So I think probably the main difference I've noticed is um, just how footy mad everyone is in South Australia. <laughs> like, um, compared to Queensland, where it's obviously an RL-dominated state and half the people don't even know what AFL is when you talk about footy, so let alone the sun. So, yeah, probably just how mad people are for footy here and how passionate they are for their clubs. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that sort of that yeah, side of so things and it's going to be pretty cool experiencing that. Yeah. And obviously, at the power, they've got a, such a proud history and a big supporter base. Um, do you girls have an understanding of you come to terms with just the energy and excitement that uh, you have created already amongst the, the Port Faithful? And you must be looking forward to uh, certainly this week, but what lays ahead? Yeah, um, look, I don't think it's probably going to really hit us until maybe our first home game. Um, we've obviously experienced a few uh, faithful supporters coming down um, for trainings and stuff like that. Um, but, like, experiencing it at the men's game and seeing how crazy everyone is for Port and they show up no matter what. And I know they've got high expectations, but, um, you know, we're ready to embrace that. And, yeah, I think it'll probably hit us a bit more when, when we're running out for round two at home. You were, you were a captain at, at the Gold Coast Suns too. How did they get in port, snap you out of uh, Queensland? Was it, how did that all happen? Uh, port sort of were chasing me for a while. Um, and to be honest, I was pretty pretty happy to stay up in the Gold Coast. My, um, my family had moved up there as well. Um, and we love being near the beach and the weather and the lifestyle. Um, so this is, I guess, sort of weighing up a lot of things. It was probably an opportunity too good to pass up. And 
to be a part of a club with such rich history and um, starting something from scratch and, yeah, being able to do it where people are just mad about footy. I think it it feels like it means a lot more here um, being a part of Port than it does yep. up in Queensland because people don't follow footy as much. And I guess, like, Queen um, Suns are such a new club as it is. Um, so obviously the supporter base isn't there um, as big as Port either. So, um, But, yeah, I think just also the people that Port had attracted to the club and the players they'd already um, signed and the staff that they'd brought on board, um, yeah, I think that, that was something that really excited me as well. I reckon the Gold Coast weather's a bit better than here, um, Hannah. But... Um you mainly play in the back line, is that right? You is that your preferred position, playing the back line? Oh, look, I think I prefer to play full forward, but no one will let me <laughs> down there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I played played sort of midfield for the first couple of years at Suns, and then um, went down back last year, and that was my first time playing in defence. But I really enjoyed it, and probably suits my game style a bit more. Like I was quite um, defensive as a midfielder anyway and would always run defensively before offensively. So it probably suits my game style a bit a bit better and I'm enjoying it. Now, Hannah, the, you must be obviously looking forward to this week against the Eagles, but I think the whole state's looking forward to uh, round six, of course, the showdown, the, such a historic event it's going to be on uh, Adelaide Oval. You must be looking forward to that and have that in the back of your mind. Um but this week, the Eagles, what can you expect or what, what type of footy can we expect from the power? Obviously, we haven't been able to see you guys, you girls um, in any games. What sort of brand of footy are you going to bring this year? Yeah, I think um, our brand of footy that we're sort of looking to play this year is obviously we want to play the Port Adelaide style of footy, so we're going to be hard at the footy. We're going to be contested. We're going to be physical, but we're also going to use the ball cleanly by foot and by hand. Um, I mean, obviously, every team wants to play like that, but um, I think we pride ourselves on being um, a contested footy team, so just winning the hard ball and then, yeah, using our, our elite skills to get it forward. You, you, when you look through the team, I mean, you've got some experienced players. Obviously, Erin Phillips, uh, I mean, even though she's 37, she can still play. Justine Mules, three-time premiership player. Ange Foley's come across from the Crows. And is it Gemma Houghton or Gemma Horton? She's also a terrific player. So you've got plenty of experience, haven't you, mixed up with the, the younger girls coming through? Yeah, definitely. Um, and to be honest, I've learned so much from them already, like um, just coming coming into the team, obviously Erin's got a wealth of knowledge, footy knowledge, but also just being at that elite level um, through basketball as well. She's taught me a lot on and off the field. Um, but I think, yeah, sort of you've got all this experience coming from, I mean, Fleo's been quite successful the last couple of years. Adelaide's been the most successful AFLW team. So, um, yeah, they've brought a lot in terms of footy knowledge and off-field experience to the team. Um, and, yeah, I've learned a lot, and I'm sure the other girls have as well. So, I see um, Yasmin Dersma, sister of Xavier, and uh, Julie Teekle, cousin to Bryn Teekle. So it's, it's all in the families there. But I was interested to read something about 
Ebony O'Day, also from Nord, um, unicycle world record holder and a, a Rubik Cube champion. Uh, you'd know Ebony. Is, did, you know, did you know that she was very good on the yeah. unicycle? Oh, I learned that this year, actually, um, coming to the club. I always, I had seen something about her doing a Rubik's Cube before, but apparently she can ride the unicycle and do the Rubik's Cube at the same time. She's a very talented, smart young lady. Oh, wow. I can't do either. So she, do does, she does it in like, <laughs> she does it in like 60 seconds or something. That's her way. She actually does them before going out to play because that's her way of, switching herself on. Yeah, I've seen Richard ride the unicycle. I just fall off that uh, too. Hey, great to speak with you, Hannah, too. And, uh, look, we can't wait. Port Adelaide, as I said, you're not going to be a, a bottom side. There's some really wealthy experience. West Coast this week, as Dougie said, the showdown's going to be a beauty and your, and your first home game. Uh, really lovely to speak with you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Hannah. That's right. Thanks for having me. Well, Dougie, that was Hannah Dunn, and they've got a big week. Can't wait to see how Port Adelaide go, taking the West Coast Eagles. Of course, the Crows are playing Melbourne, so AFLW kicks off. Um, really looking forward to it, too. It's going to be good. We've uh, Woody just keeps rolling on. It's fantastic. Matty Clark's got the modest touch, isn't he, with the Crows? Yeah, he's been good. No, he's a super operator, Clarky. There's no yeah, doubt about that. Great bloke. Okay, that's it for us tonight. Tomorrow we're going to speak with Darren Chandler. Of course, the uh, Sandful finals aren't far away, and look forward to speaking with him. We'll get our best bets too, the best tips with Miles Fitz. So see you tomorrow night, Dougie, between 6 and 7. Bye for now. Sports Day for Kia's EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.